Hi, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of It's in the Book. I am your host, Kelly, and I'm extremely grateful that you're here listening to me and hearing from the Lord. In our time together, we're going to examine scripture and some of the published works of our favorite Christian authors to seek revelation, confirmation, and affirmation from the Lord. I do not take it lightly that you are probably busy and have many other things to do, yet you are spending time here with me in this moment. So I want to fully respect your time and I want to get right into it. I will start this session in prayer and then we'll get into this episode, which is aptly titled, How Did I Get Here? Most loving God. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this platform. I thank you for this assignment. I thank you for choosing me and using me to communicate your word to your people. Lord, I thank you that you have placed the right person listening at the right time in the right season of their lives to hear a word that comes directly from heaven. Lord, touch my mouth that everything I say is filtered through the Holy Spirit. Lord, allow me to decrease, God, and you increase so that whatever I say, God, that they don't hear me, that they hear you. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. So how did I get here? I am a Navy wife and a mother of two adolescents. I have a 15-year-old and an 11-year-old. I'm a teacher. I teach grades six through 12. And I'm no longer a traditional classroom teacher because I am now an entrepreneur. I started a private tutoring service named Greater Writing, and we are fully virtual. So we service children all across the world, but still only grades six through 12. I started my teaching career in Yokosuka, Japan. As I mentioned, my husband's in the Navy. And in Yokosuka, I was assigned to Yokosuka Middle School. I absolutely loved that job. It broke my heart to have to leave, but that's how the military is. But I think I will be a dragon for life. I loved my team. I loved all of my other colleagues. I loved my students. I loved my students' parents. I loved my leadership it was just a great experience. It really was. And I loved my classroom. You know, I, I, it was a great experience. I really believe that I was spoiled because when I, <laughs> I was living in a dreamland, I think, because when I returned to the U.S., oh my God, oh my God. I'm not going to say too much. I'm just going to say I was dissatisfied with my teaching assignment in the U.S. I was not happy there. I loved my students. I took good care of them. I taught with excellence because that's who I am. That's who God has called me to be. I serve an excellent God, and I don't believe it's appropriate to give my God mediocrity. But I was unhappy and you know, I, I, I'm trying really hard not to say too much, but I will say that 
even despite how unhappy I was, I realized that my assignment there was with purpose because what I experienced in that role was a holy agitation. And had I not experienced that holy agitation, I would not have cried out to God for him to release me from that position. I remember just crying out to God. I started that job in August by October. This is August, 2019. By October, I was in my closet every Sunday night having meltdowns, crying hysterically. That job actually affected my physical health and my mental health to the point where I ended up on anxiety medication. That's just how insanely, ugh, that job was. (laughs) I don't even have the right words to describe how unhappy I was there. And I remember crying out to God about this job and, and, and in February, this is after, you know, four months of me crying out to him in February of 2020, he just told me two more years to give it two more years. I'm gonna pull you out two years. And, you know, he told me that through a dream. I confirmed it through his word. I, I kind of filter everything through the word of God, because that's how, you know, that's what I know to be true. If the word of God backs it up, then okay. So, but still, you know, I'm like, Lord, I need a little bit of confirmation because this feels too good to be true. Plus I don't want to wait two years. I'm trying to get out of here now. (laughs) So ultimately, you know, I got confirmation through a women's conference that my best friend Fran invited me to And I remember telling her as we were headed to the conference, I think the Lord's going to pull me out of this place in two years. And she said, really? I said, yeah, I really believe that this is a thing that God's going to do, that he's going to pull me out. She said, okay. So we went to the conference and every speaker at the conference would get up and say, two years later, the, the Lord pulled me out. Two years later, I was promoted. Two years later, I transitioned. And that was, yeah, that was all the confirmation I needed. Uh, so I realized what the Lord was saying. And I I've, I always did my job with excellence. It didn't matter how unhappy I was. I've just never been the type of person to just check out just because I don't like where I am. And so I continued to do my job with excellence. But within the next couple of weeks, we were at home because of COVID, you know, schools shut down. And I taught virtually and I thrived in that virtual environment, not because I didn't want to be in the classroom or in the building, but because I had already been telling the school or telling the people I worked with and worked for that we were doing our kids a a disservice by not teaching them uh, these, these tech skills that they needed to have. Like I had eighth graders who didn't know how to save a Word document. And to me, that was outrageous. And so I had a website for my classroom and all these other things that these that other teachers just had never imagined even thinking, you know, had never even imagined doing. And so I thrived in that digital environment because I had already fully integrated technology into my classroom. So, you know, you fast forward to 2022 and it's two years later. And February of 2022, exact same month, the Lord said, okay, it's time. And he told me for six straight days through different devotionals. Those devotionals said things like, you know, uprooted, 
navigating unexpected change, uh, transition. And uh, one, I remember one that stood out, it said, I can't stay here. And ultimately I put in my intent to resign. I officially resigned a few months later, but when I put in my intent to resign, I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea what was next. The Lord had not given me a vision for what was to come. But my pastor sent out this text message and that text message said, I don't know who this is for, but the Lord wants you to know that faith is taking the first step when you don't know what the next step is. And that was kind of what I needed. That was my green light. And that's what kind of, that's definitely what gave me, um, the motivation to go ahead and put in my intent to resign. So I did. And then again, of course, I formally resigned and it was four months before the Lord gave me the vision for what is now greater writing tutoring service. And, but in that same year, I faced another hardship and I won't necessarily share that here um, unless, you know, they give me permission to at another time, but I faced another hardship that sharpened me in prayer. Like I, went from being this person who would barely pray then to being this person who was begging God over, and this is over the course of some years. But in 2022, I became a person who spoke with confidence, boldness, and authority when I prayed. I, rem I remember the moment that it happened I remember two things. I remember this one scripture that said, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And I remember that hardship putting me in a place where I was not angry, but I used my sadness to walk me into a season in which I was no longer afraid of the adversary. And every single one of my prayers was an attack on hell. And I decided I was no longer going to submit to attacks from the adversary. Instead, I was going to be attacking him. And that really changed the game for me. But as I was develop, as I was sharpening in prayer, I was also developing this insatiable hunger for an, a deep understanding of the word. And so I began studying the word. And, and as I was studying, I was having these incredible revelations. And I've been, by the way, been reading my Bible since I was 14, but I was really reading it like you read a novel. And so, of course, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes you ever sit down, read your Bible at night, and then you just fall asleep. Yeah, that was me. That was really what was going on with me. So, so I was reading and understand. I was getting more reading and understanding from church because I love church. I love to sit under the word. I love to sit under some good preaching and some good teaching. But I, that's the only time I was really being fed because every time I tried to sit down and read the Bible myself, I was knocked out. But this changed in 2022, that all changed. And I just, once my prayer life was sharpened, I just, I just got hungry. I just got really hungry for the word of God. And I remember 
studying it and get, like I said, getting these new revelations. And then I was doing 21 days of prayers and prayer and fasting with a local church. My pastor is not local. My pastor is in Atlanta, but there is a local church that does some things that I participate in. And one of those things is 21 days of prayer and fasting. I try very hard not to miss that. So one of the people who was leading 21 days of prayer and fasting, he mentioned the chronological Bible and how he'd been studying the chronological Bible. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll get a chronological Bible. And I bought it. And that was in March of this year. And I have had how do I say this? It's been so enriching. I have had just complete, (laughs) I'm like lost for words trying to explain how good this experience has been. But I will tell you that my eyes were opened. The text was illuminated to me in ways that I'd never understood before, like things I've never seen. And some of those revelations come from above because, you know, it's a time in your life when the Lord wants you to see certain things, right? That he reveals certain things to you because you need them. But then there's also revelation that comes from just a new understanding, not necessarily rooted in the context of your life or how you can apply it to your context, but because you're reading the text in a way that now makes sense to you. And so reading it in order gave me a new understanding of God's identity as a master strategist. And when you understand God as a master strategist, because you're watching his perfect plan unfold in the pages, uh, in the pages of this historical document, right? When you see him revealed as a master strategist, then you can trust his plan for your life. That's what makes the chronological Bible or reading it in chronological order so profound because you you really adopt the understanding, you acquire the understanding, but then you adopt a willingness to trust this 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 identity now that you've understood about God that he is a master strategist that he has a perfect plan for not just everyone but everything that happens to everyone everything that every person goes through is part of a magnificent plan one of my favorite um musicians Molly Music he has this song with uh Kirk Franklin that's it's called give me that And in that song, he, Molly Music says, give me that God who with the same brilliance and elegance decorated the darkness with stars, the God who orchestrates the future, but at the same time knows where you are. I hope I'm getting all those lyrics right. But that stands out to me so much now. And I heard that song years ago. But it stands out to me so much more now because I reading the Bible in this order helps me to see how he actually planned meticulous, meticulous planning. He ain't just flying by the seat of his pants. He had meticulously planned every 
minute detail of my life and so and your life all of our lives so i really began to reading the bible in that order helped me to embrace that um and so after you know my my prayer life been sharpened i've developed this hunger for the word i'm getting these new revelations i'm you know people are beginning to call me minister because all of my conversations now are just saturated with there's an there's just an abundance of 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 scripture coming out of my mouth every time i speak somebody tell me about a problem i'm like what well, the word says the bible says you know these <laughs> this is how i this is how i approach life because that's what i'm reading i'm reading the word of god and i'm able to apply what i'm reading to life not just my life but the lives of others and so I've, I'm now like speaking to people and speaking scripture to them and people are saying, man, you know, like maybe you should go into ministry. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. And I just thought to myself, hey, I don't know. The Lord ain't say that to me. But I started looking back over my life and over how things had unfolded. And I realized that even though he had not yet called me to ministry, he had started equipping me for ministry. And I realized that the call was coming if it had not yet come and maybe I missed it or ignored it. And, you know, if I have friends who jokingly call me minister. And there was a moment when my father actually mentioned licensing me in ministry, and this was in 2022. And I literally said to him, nah. <laughs> I said, nah, the Lord ain't speak that to me. But at the time, you know, that was not something that I'd heard. And so how did I get here? Finally, I attended Woman Evolve 23. And if you were in the room, and I don't mean room because there were 40,000 of us in a stadium, but I use room because, I, because that speaks to how intimate the experience was. If you were in the room on Friday when Pastor Cheryl Brady spoke to us, you left changed that you realized that day that there was something in heaven that God was going to release to you through that conference. When Pastor Cheryl Brady spoke, it was the moment that I realized that there was a reason I was at the conference. Honestly, I went to the conference because I was invited. My men, one of my mentees invited me. I actually met one of my other mentees there, um, like meaning I did not know her before. And now since we've met there, I'm mentoring her. But I was invited and I invited my mother and I thought this would be an incredible experience for us to have together. And again, I, I love to hear the word. I told y'all that already. Like I love to sit under good, good preaching, good teaching. That's my thing. I'd be feeling fed. Like, oh, give it to me more, 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 more. <laughs> right? I could be in church every day. But matter of fact, I do. I go to church virtually and then I'd be watching other people's churches. So, <laughs> so I do enjoy, um, I definitely enjoy sitting under good preaching, good teaching. 
But I went there with no expectations. Honestly, before we left, my prayer was, Lord, I'm really just looking for divine connections. Whatever else you give me is just extra, you know, like I'll take it, but I'm just looking for divine connections. And ultimately he not only sent me the divine connections, but he released to me on Saturday under Pastor Toure Roberts teaching the gift of tongues, the gift of glossolalia, which I'd actually been praying for for some time. And he also released to me the ministry anointing. And how did I know that the ministry anointing was released to me? Because on Saturday, the final day of the conference, when I walked in to the arena, I sat with the same ladies that I'd sat with the day before. We kind of made this agreement that whichever of us would be there would arrive first, we would save seats for everybody. And they beat us to it, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, and so when they, when we sat down, the Holy Spirit just compelled me to, to speak to certain people. And I didn't realize that as I was prophesying to certain people sitting near me, that the people around those people, the women around those women were being touched by the anointing. There was an overflow of oil and they received it. And when Pastor, you know, this is later on in the day, Pastor Toure is preaching and, you know, the Holy Spirit just kind of compelled me to just walk around. You know, there were some women who were running around. There were people who were slain in the spirit, laying all over the floor. And, but my experience, my encounter was different in that I was simply walking. Holy Spirit just compelled me to just walk around and pray. And as I'm praying in the prayer language and walking around, I, I guess there were some women who felt, felt something. There was some women who felt that anointing. And so we left early because we had a flight to catch and um, we had to return a rental car and all the things. And we wanted to eat at the airport. And as I was leaving, women would stop me and say, can I just hug you? Can I just, you know, and one woman in particular stopped me to hug me. And the Holy Spirit just said to me, tell her to give me her yes. And so, huh, so I said all of that to say that that is how I got here. I got here because I recognized the benefits of obedience. I recognized that I recognized the, the, the disadvantages of disobedience. And I obeyed God when he said to leave, even though I didn't have another plan for how I was going to take care of my family. I had to recognize that the same God who loved me, who sent his son to die for me, he sent his son to die for my children. He loved my children more than I could ever even imagine trying to love them. His capacity to love them far exceeds mine. So if I was walking away to do what he called me to do, then he would take care of my children. I'm here. How did I get here? I got here by stepping out on faith in that obedience. I got here by 
honestly isolating myself and quieting my world and sh- and and when I when my back was against the wall I turned my face to that wall and I prayed and I recognized my authority in prayer and I allowed the Lord to sharpen that for me allowed him to sharpen that weapon um I allowed him to I received the confidence and the boldness from heaven to not only go to heaven and pray but to face hell head on and attack and attack the adversary every day. I got here by going where the Lord was going to be releasing things. The Bible talks about Elijah and how the Lord told Elijah to go to the brook Cherith because he'd commanded ravens to feed him there. And then he, when the brook dried up, he told Elijah to go to Zarephath because he'd commanded a, a widow to provide for him there. And so I'm, I got here because I went there. So how did I get here? By going there, by going everywhere that God called me to go, by facing every challenge that came to my doorstep, by recognizing my authority and speaking the name of Jesus against every single devil that came my way. And I'm here, the why am I here is because I want you to recognize your authority, the Lord, wants you to recognize your authority. That's why I'm here. He has called me to be here. My ministry is helping you face Satan and tell him to go back to hell and to take his assignment with him. So having said that, before I uh, leave, because <laughs> I know I just dropped a lot on you, I want to share with you a scripture that I have been, uh, it, it really just came to me today and the Lord said, you know, somebody needs to hear this. And even if one person needs to hear this, even if it's just the one, well, look at God caring about you and, and, and being concerned about you. The Bible says that God is perfecting everything that concerns us. And so we know that all things that concern us concern the Lord. And so if only one of you gets this, if only if only one of you needs this, it's for you. And I'm glad that you were here to hear it. So I'm going to be reading Romans chapter 8, verse 38, verses 38 and 39. Again, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. I am reading from the New King James Version. And the scripture reading is, for I am persuaded. My best friend Fran and I, we like to say, because I know for sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that scripture reading says so much to me, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to share with you my revelation of that scripture today, that there is no, God, God loves us so much that he has meticulously planned every detail of our lives. What Paul is saying here very plainly is that there's nothing we could do that could separate us from the love of God. There is nothing you could do, nothing I could do. It's important for you to receive that when you're in relationship with God. Why? Because you cannot trust someone that you don't believe loves you. Come on, somebody. That's how our earthly relationships are. Do you trust people if you think that they don't love you? 
if you think they might hurt you or harm you or put you in danger, or if you think that maybe they just don't care, absolutely not. You cannot trust that person. And if you cannot trust that person, then you cannot put your faith in their word. Right? It's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. You cannot act in faith. You cannot step out on faith. You cannot obey his word when you don't trust him. And you won't trust him if you don't believe that he loves you. How do you, how, how do you receive that love? It's going to require a shift. Maybe the relationship with you, you had with your parents was more fear than reverence. And so you're afraid of your parents. And maybe that's why your relationship with God is kind of like, I mean, honestly, that's how I grew up. And I love my parents, but I was terrified of them. I was terrified of things like disappointing them. And, you know, my parents believed in corporal punishment, you know, so it was hard for me up until maybe, as a matter of fact, I remember the moment I was set free. It was November. A good friend of mine invited me to do her podcast and I made, I, I made a statement about my fear of stepping outside of God's will because I didn't want to face the consequences of that. And what I meant was not necessarily, you know, at least consciously, I was not necessarily saying I was afraid of God's wrath, but I believe the Holy Spirit gave her the interpretation that she needed to hear for me so she could set me free. And she immediately jumped in and said, but God loves us. Like that's the God I know that the God I know is one whose love is unconditional and abundant. And that changed me and it set me free. It set me free really from a lot of things. It set me free from anxiety. It set me free from people pleasing. It set me free from, you know, feelings of guilt and shame whenever I make like a small mistake. It even freed me from questioning whether or not I was a decent human being. Never mind the fact that I teach my kids integrity and I walk with integrity. I was battling myself, questioning whether or not I was a good person because somebody or, you know, because people would, might take advantage of me and I might say no. And I'm thinking maybe I'm not a good person because I told this person who was clearly an opportunist that I could not do something for them or that I would not. Right. So because I did not understand or had not yet received God's love, then I had this constant fear, honestly. Like I walked in fear. I walked in fear about my finances. I walked in fear about relationships, I, including my marriage. I walked in fear about the relationships I have with my children. I walked in fear about, uh, fear about relationships I have with my best friends, best friends I've had for 20, 20 some years. And before you start trying to guess how old I am, don't. <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. I'm 20. 
That's what you need to know. We've been best friends since birth. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, I, what Paul says in this section of scripture, it just really resonates with me because it's a revelation I've only had less than a year ago. And I've been reading my Bible since I was 14 and I've been saved since I was 14. And I've recognized the prophetic gifting in myself when I was 14. And, but yet, and still it took 25 years. Oh Lord. Now y'all sitting there doing the math. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Um, but it took 25 years for for me to actually see, to get that revelation that God loves me no matter what I do. And of course, of course he wants you to walk upright before him. Of course we should be living lives that are aligned with the word of God, that are aligned with biblical principles, that, that glorify the Lord. But God gives us grace and mercy when we don't. Now, grace is not to be taken advantage of, but guess what? When you love someone, you have to change. You want to, you, you feel the unction to change. And so when you're in relationship with God, a close, intimate relationship with God, you're going to want to change, not just because he loves you, but because you love him. You want to change. So I think I, when I started recording this, I might have said I wasn't going to be before you long. I may not have. I don't remember, y'all. Okay, if you did the math, then you know I'm old. So my memory is not amazing. Uh, however, uh, because I don't, I want to, you know, fully respect your time and I don't want you driving distracted or any of those things. I am going to let you go, but I want to pray a prayer over you, uh, a prayer that will free you. Hopefully, hopefully, if you receive it, you will be made free. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It says that he who the son has set free is free indeed. So. I want to pray this prayer over you, receive it, that you might receive freedom. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you humbly as your servant, as your vessel, thanking you that you chose me for this assignment. God, I thank you for everything that I've gone through in my life that adds credibility to my testimony, Lord, that I might have seen that struggle to save somebody else, to free somebody else, God. So, Lord, in, in your scripture, you tell us, Paul tells us that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. Lord, would you just pour out a visceral encounter of your love on somebody? A I'm sorry, a visceral encounter with your love on somebody. Pour out your spirit, God, on those listening. They need to feel your love. Maybe they've had parents who weren't loving. Maybe they've had siblings or they've had significant others who weren't loving. Maybe they've never been in, maybe they feel like they've never known love. God, yours is the perfect place for them to start. Because once they know your love, they'll know a counterfeit when it comes. 
God, send your love down. Let us feel it. Let it warm us. Let it comfort us. Let it revive our hope. Let it free us from the burden of shame and condemnation and guilt. Let it bring us into a newness in our relationship with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. All right, y'all. I believe because this is how God works and this is how he moves. I believe that this message was for you and it reached you in the right season. Maybe it reached you at a time before you are heading into a season where you're going to need to be reminded of God's love, or maybe it's hitting you in a season that you're in right now where you need to be reminded of God's love either way, I want you to be I want you to be mindful that God loves you. And guess what? I love you too. Till next week when we will be looking at what did I say we were going to look at next week? I think I said we were going to look a little more at the book of Romans. I don't know. Let's let let's let the Holy Spirit guide us. Let's do that. Y'all want to do that? I want to do that. Okay, because let me tell you, I was just telling my um one of my mentees earlier. I said I'd just be down here on earth stumbling around, and the Lord be like, you know what? I'm gonna use that. <laughs> so I'm just gonna let Jehovah Rohi be my shepherd and my guide, and we'll all just be surprised what we're talking about next week. But the Holy Spirit is saying this thing to me right now. Weapons of mass destruction. Mm, what you got for us, Holy Spirit? All right. I'll talk to y'all next week. I love you tremendously. Bye.